Hey, welcome to the Afikra podcast. My name is Mikey Mahna. Today we have a collaboration with Liwan from Qatar Museums and Tasmim Radical Futures. This conversation is about the future of archiving and we're speaking with Hussein Al-Azat from Jordan. Hussein is a really fascinating guy and is obsessed, I should say, absolutely obsessed with archiving books from the 50s, 60s and 70s. Once you hear him talk about this, you'll know what I mean. This is a perfect episode to watch on YouTube because there are so many beautiful visuals that he's talking about. So head on over to YouTube if you'd like, subscribe, like, all that stuff, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Welcome everybody. My name is Mikey Mahna. Today our special guest is Hussein Al-Azat, who is a multidisciplinary designer, instructor, Arabic calligraphy artist and typography enthusiast from Jordan. He founded Al-Azat Design Studio in Amman and offers his services to various clients in diverse industries around the world. Hussein focuses on research as a tool to empower his belief in Arabic letters, utilization in brands and products. He also emphasizes a contemporary treatment in his typographic art projects. Thank you so much, Hussein, for joining us for this conversation all about the future of archiving. Thank you, Mikey. And uh, it's really an honor for me to be here. Uh, and thanks uh, to uh, Afikra and uh, to Tasmim Doha. Thanks to Basma for the introduction and uh, for the uh, participants in this uh, webinar. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I'm really excited for it today. Sure. So Hussein, I was reading your bio and the word mm-hmm. archiving has not doesn't come up at all in the whole bio. Uh, do you think of yourself as somebody who is engaged in archiving? Is that a part of the way you think of your career? It's a good question, actually. Um, the archiving, I think it's a it's a profession uh, that I'm still learning how to uh, to to do it in the uh, in the mastery way. So um, I don't consider myself as an archiver and a professional archiver. archiver. Though I'm doing that in my also my free time as um, uh, uh, you you know, like my project, Khazanat Kutub al-Jamila, The Beautiful Books Trove. I have an enormous collection of books, uh, mainly Arab titles, Arabic titles, or some other books that talks about the, the region and the crafts and the the culture of uh, of the Arab world. At a certain point, I have decided to, to not keep this collection of books, this archive, keep it uh, hidden. So I started to to make it more uh, public. And uh, I launched uh, the, the Beautiful Books Trove and it has the website and the social media. So that's uh, the beginning of, uh, of my, my uh, thing with the, with the archive. Yeah. So one thing that you did mention in the bio is that you describe yourself as a calligrapher. Everyone we've interviewed on this series, um, almost everyone, maybe except for one, always shies away from the term calligrapher because they don't feel they qualify. Everyone is afraid, <laughs> afraid to, to, uh, to describe themselves as that. Tell me a little bit about your calligraphy practice and how you fell in love with lettering and, and drawing, um, drawing uh, letters. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same for me. I didn't mention my, I never mentioned myself as a calligrapher and um, I always refer to a, uh, uh, to, uh as a uh, Arabic calligraphy artist. So I use the calligraphy in my art. Uh, I use it also in my design at the same time. My story with calligraphy started when I was a little kid. My, my father gave me a calligraphy pen 
And as you know, the calligraphy pen has a tip and, and drawing or uh, writing with, with, with that pen, it gives you uh, strokes with diverse uh, thicknesses. So I enjoyed looking at, at, at uh, those thicknesses and I started uh, to imitate, you know, book covers and the calligraphy paintings that I was uh, looking at when I was a little one. Then I, uh, it becomes a hobby for me and uh, a passion. And uh, I, I learned that closely when I was a teen uh, with a professional calligrapher, like full-time calligrapher. And he taught me the basics. And uh, after that, I carried uh, on this thing by myself. I want to talk a little bit about some of your inspiration as a kid. Um, you've mentioned uh, the magazine, a sort of comic magazine, Majid, as being an inspiration for you as a kid. Um, yeah. Paint the picture. How much of your time as a kid did you spend reading comics and how obsessed were you with these objects? And did you have a, a sort of a visual fascination with them or did you also love the stories and um, love the writing? My childhood was a little bit... Um... Uh, home to school, school to home, you know, that's my, my thing, you know, I wasn't allowed to go to the streets to play with other uh, kids, football or the hail or, you know, this marble, glass marble things, you know, the, the things that normal kids do. So I was in a way locked down, <laughs> locked in uh, my house. Uh, my parents decided to do that for me. I have no option, you know, uh, so I, I just put my head in my um, collection of books that I, it, it was existing in my uh, parents' house. And uh, buying uh, comic books like Majid or Basim or Ahmed even like later on, or Mickey Mouse, Mickey Jeep, it was like a common thing for, for uh, the kids uh, uh, back then, like in the eighties. And uh, we were taking these uh, uh, publications to the school and like, reading them again and the, uh, with, with other with other students so for me i felt really deeply in love with magic magazine i was literally reserving my um weekly uh, uh payout you know like uh your allowance uh, yes exactly and uh, the, the 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 main amount for uh, from the allowance goes to buying magic magazine i was buying it from the bookshop Reading it, reading it uh, uh, my way back to home, I was literally hitting the trees and the people. Like I was really, really deeply fascinated by the magazine, by the illustrations, by the articles. It was my world, you know. Like as you know, it has a section for uh, to uh, for uh, like small quizzes that you solve the quizzes, then you send them by mail. If you win, they will send you money. I, I won like too much money from uh, from those competitions. It was amazing, you know. And uh, I don't know if you want to to, uh, to talk more about uh, that thing now, uh, or because the inspirations sure. of this magazine came from one person. I will mention it. Uh, I think uh, uh, very soon. Now, in this go for story. it. Yeah, mention. Yeah, I have it here. You know, like those magazines. My, my personal uh, ones, like this is one from 1988. So the cover illustrated by Ahmad Hijazi, a famous Egyptian artist. This one, the two girls characters, uh, Ihab Shakir, who passed away. This one by Ammar Salman, an Iraqi artist. So like you find Syrian and Iraqi and Egyptian artists wor working together. It's like, a you know, it's an Arab dream. 
to see all those people writing and uh, uh, doing the illustrations. At the same time, you might find articles like this by uh, Bahjad Athman. He's a, a famous Egyptian cartoonist. He was narrating his memories, you know, uh, through the last page of the magazine under the title Sadaqa Bila Hudud, Friendship with No Boundaries. So it's amazing, you know, to, to see those legends, how they uh, tell their stories to the kids. The main person who, who was like really, really my main inspiration in the magazine is Muhyiddin Labbad. And Muhyiddin Labbad, he had, for example, this kind of comic strip. It's called Khatir, Mukhtara Kabir. It's a donkey. He always invent something, you know, and he's showing to his boss, trying to get a patent. And always the invention becomes like, you know, the opposite way. It sometimes doesn't work. Sometimes it has a negative uh, reaction on the boss. It's really funny, you know, like in the 80s, talking about inventions and being an entrepreneur, you know, like, or creating ideas in this creative way. So that's what Labad did. Next to that uh, funny, like really comic, uh, very nice comic, we have that chapter. It's a weekly chapter, and the chapter called Hazanat al-Kutub al-Jamila. So, I, <laughs> yes, exactly. I always mention that in every time I talk about my project. Mahyiddin al-Labbad, the famous artist, cartoonist, designer, critique, or as he loved to call himself as a bookmaker, he has also an enormous collection of books in his, in his, in his library. And every time, every week, he picked one book, and... He review it for us, the young children, the Arab world. So he put some pictures from the book and also he writes like uh, uh, a review to the book in amazing way. You know, when I was really a little one, I was dreaming to see those books that he, he was describing or he was reviewing. And when I grew up later on, I, I started to buy and to collect those books. Because he made my, like uh, my childhood into those books, and he was like showing one or two pages from the book and telling us how amazing you know that thing. So this this person, this personality, who can draw very nice lettering for the titles, or make some nice ca uh, cartoons with a brilliant ideas, very creative way, or sometimes take. Uh, talking seriously about the, the, the beautiful books that he have. It doesn't mean they are old or new. You know, sometimes he review new, uh, new books. So when I started my project of showing my, my, my collection, I said that Labad, he started this project at, magazine, at the Majid magazine in the 80s. Then the project has stopped because he moved to another things. So... I, I decided to continue my master, my mentor project and do the same thing and borrow the same name, pick a book from my collection, talk about it, make you know, a highlight on the, um, the bookmaking details in this book or this publication and teach the uh my audience about these uh details in those books you know i feel like but hearing you talk about it i feel like you are this collection that you're collecting 
is almost you're trying to like salvage this idea of Arabism that was presented on the pages, right? All these like, as you said, like Iraqi artists and, uh, and Syrian artists and Lebanese and Palestinian all working together, right? Yeah. Friendships with no borders, existing on the page with these, um, with these sort of idealized uh, stories about nature and friendship and medicine and love and, and family, right? I feel like somehow that that bookshelf behind you is like a glass, a glass jar that has this this uh, this idea screwed in. Do you feel like you're doing that as well? Do you feel like you're trying to keep together this dream? Yeah, I I know you your thought. Uh, I understand your thought. Maybe I'm talking about uh, about the Arabism and in, in my collection or about my project in a, a frequent way. And I would say, why not? You know, like the first sure. answer. You know, why not? We should do that because nobody, almost nobody, have done that before. You know, let's say a young graphic designer or a young artist who's studying that important art, you know, or important uh, profession like graphic design. And like he want to learn about the, 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 the history of, of that profession. So it's so easy for him to, or for her to, to look at, you know, international examples from the West or from the East, you know, uh, it's so easy to find those uh, design schools or art schools around the world. But where's our own thing? Should we be neglected uh, that much, you know, and we should ignore uh, those achievements or those, you know, ideas that have been uh, produced and uh, published uh, in the past. Um, I believe it's so important, you know, to learn from our history to build our future. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the project specifically. How do you think about success when you think about this type of project? Are there any visions that you have for the project over the next five years, next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Are you going to start archiving books that are coming out today and books that are coming out in 10 years? Are you also going to start thinking about archiving electronic versions of, uh, of publications that never actually are made to print? What is your sort of vision for the future of the project? Yeah, the, the vision uh, simply uh, is to archive and document and curate. You know, I, I call them curation uh, more than uh, anything else, you know, to dive inside the book itself. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, totally with the traditional library archiving uh, way, you know, like just, just have the book, put it somewhere and people will read it, which, which is an important thing, you know, with the technology that's available now, that's available now, you know, like uh, it's so easy to, 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 to have uh, an, uh, an electronic version of the book and put it uh, on a website and people could read it. And I have done that uh, for many titles and, uh, and uh, they are available at my, at my website, khazanet.org. But also uh, my, my vision is to, to uh, of course, to get more books to, to, uh, to enlarge my, uh, my collection and uh, to, to learn more about um, uh, uh, those uh, artists and uh, the people who worked on the bookmaking and the publications have been, you know, like the, 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 um, uh, 
uh, who's the who's the printing press what's kind of paper uh, the typography aspects you know all of those uh, details are so important so in the future I really uh, wish to to have um, I really I'm, I'm doing that maybe very soon like to do exhibitions like physical exhibitions I, I have done one exhibition in 2019 and um, uh, uh, it was like let's say a, a comprehensive you know thing you know it, it, it's uh, all the titles uh, selected titles from uh, different uh, um, uh, categories but in the, in the future I'm, I'm planning to do more focused you know at one aspect let's say books uh, like children books only maybe this yeah. would be uh, one thing maybe atlases maybe maps maybe uh, postage stamps, maybe, for example, I have an enormous collection of books was were published in the Soviet Union because, you know, in the, before the 1990, uh, when we have, when we had two poles in the, in the world, so uh, the Eastern camp, you know, they were uh, very interested to, to make, uh, uh, to publish uh, to the Arab world their Soviet, you know, and uh, uh, literature, in Arabic, you know, and those are really, really amazing, you know, and uh, maybe I will do an exhibition, especially for that and for other categories. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you two questions. The first question is, I want to put you on the spot about this. What are the sort of three to five easiest ways to identify a bad illustration? That's a very tricky question. I, I, <laughs> I used to do it with my, with my, uh, with my friends, you know, or with my booksellers. Sometimes I see like literally a part of, of, of a book on the shelf. I don't see the whole book. Then I, I will know, okay, this is a bad book. And this is a book that I don't have also. Like, uh, for example, those books also, th those were like a new, a new addition to my, my collection. And uh, this guy, he really took care of every detail of bookmaking. For example, the spine for him is so important, you know? So as you see the spine on the, on the right side, it's it has two colors and with the other box of course it has uh, many colors so when you when you when you saw when you see those books on the shelf like they are maybe 20 or something you will see a spectrum of colors matching colors at same let's say theme or palette when you see that on the shelf you you will immediately know that okay there is a man or a, a person who who know what he's doing you know yeah so that's okay. the first thing first thing. how could you tell that these these stamps are labad the Arabic typography, because this is like a, an ancient Kufic script. Almost no one have used it before. Uh, I'm talking about the colored ones. The matching with the Latin typography, with the circle, this is his style, you know, like he, he used to do um, the, the, the typography in a clear way at some times, like in, in this example. And I could tell also the, the, the Arabic uh, fine print on the stamp it was made using letter sets, uh, dry transfer letters. It's an, also a, an old way of, of uh, um, putting, using typography and designs in the past. So I, I could tell that from his collection because I have seen many works sure. of him done in that way. And of course, I have read his articles and, the, and the, uh, yeah. how he treated those things. Okay, we're going to do the quick Q&A, then we're going to open it up. We have a couple questions in the chat. So the first question is, what are you reading or watching these days? Of course, I, I'm, I'm still reading my books. I'm still reading. Uh, when I talked about uh, um, 
Labad and uh, uh, his works. I wanted to, to say that I keep reading Labad works like uh, that he used to publish in Majid magazine. Then this guy, he has like a very organized mindset, you know, and uh, every time he finished those chapters in the Majid magazine, he used to publish them in books. So that's one of the books that he used to do. I was reading this book for my kids on uh, the weekend and uh, like on Friday. This and, is the t-shirt uh, design book. The t-shirt design book. Yeah. This is like really amazing. You know, like by, by the end of the 80s, you know, before anyone else in the Arab world thought to make Arab designs for a t-shirt, yeah. this guy, he made like over, over 30 designs, 30 concepts, you know, with... Uh, rationals with concepts with 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 uh, explanations, and all revolve ab about the Arab visual culture. Okay, so let's uh, do the rest of them quite quickly. So, who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? I know what I know the answer to this question. <laughs> but I, I really would like to be also not in Labad shadow, but a Hussein Bikar shadow. Yeah, I wanted to see that guy how he left before uh, before Abdel Nasser time, you know, in Egypt. Yeah. How, how does the life and the, 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 how's the, how was the atmosphere, you know, and the vibes cool. uh, and what happened later on? <laughs> yeah. What do people most misunderstand about your work or about archiving? Yeah, about Hazan Khutub al-Jamila. Some people, I got that all the time, you know, uh, when I publish or uh, a story or a, a post, people immediately said, okay, how much, like, they want to buy it, you know, and uh, it's a misunderstanding, you know. I, I I understand or appreciate the 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 love that people shows to my to my uh, to my collection, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's not for sale. It's uh, yeah. those are those are my 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 valuable uh, things, and uh, until the moment, no, I'm 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 not uh, I'm not selling them. Cool. Okay, we got two questions in the chat. The first is from Arshi. Arshi, if you want to unmute yourself. Hi. Christian, hey, it's hi. amazing to have you here. Um, you. My question was, how do you navigate issues of copyright, uh, trying to publicize and digitize these books, which is, I, as I understand, a concern for books from the 80s and 90s? Yeah, thank you for the question. Yeah, the copyright uh, thing is, is, is really an important matter. And um, for, for the books that I have, and uh, I, I wanted to, to publish them all, you know, I, to make an e-copy of them and make them available for people to, to navigate and to read uh, in, in the, my website. Those books usually are uh, by a publishing house called Darfat al-Arabi. And this publishing house was closed in the uh, 1994, I think. So I believe that we we can we can uh, uh, at least publish them uh, digitally. You know, I'm not doing reprints uh, of them. It's an important thing, and um, I hope that we can find a, a legal way. The, the other book that I have also in my collection of is also by Dar Ma'arif, and uh, uh, I believe also uh, it's an old one from the '60s. So I believe it's it's uh, we can after like 50 years, we can uh, do that at least digitally. Great. Hussein, thanks for letting us to dive deep into this uh, treasure trove, as it were, with you. I really appreciate that. A uh, huge you. thanks to Tasmeem 2022. The conference is just around the corner. 
And this a huge, huge thanks to Liwan, which is also in Qatar and is also opening in March. Thank you everyone for tuning in. This will show up on our YouTube page and the podcast tomorrow. So be sure to share with all of your design friends and archiving friends and folks who grew up reading Majid magazine, just like everybody else. Yes. All right, saying thanks so much. Thank you, Mikey. And uh, thank you for Afikra and uh, for the uh, supporting parties for this event. Thank you so much. Mikey. Okay, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. Thanks.